Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thirteen seconds. Thirteen seconds. Remember that scene from uh, Any Given Sunday when you know Al Pacino? They look up at the scoreboard and they say, "What is it like?" They, they they sixty seconds or whatever, and he says, "It's a lifetime." Yeah, when Patrick Mahomes gets the football, thirteen seconds is a lifetime. The Bills. Had the football game won with 13 seconds left. And they lose by, not a field goal, they lose by six. (sighs) Couch is open, people. I'm here for you. Scott Seidenberg, right here with you. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. This is the look ahead here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And yes, I'm taking a lot of time looking back right now before I look ahead. Because this loss, and I'm not a Bills fan. I was just a Bills better. But this loss is one that I will not get over for a long time. And I had the Bills at plus three and a half. Because I bought a point when the spread was two and a half. Thinking... I just want the cushion of the Bills to lose by a field goal in a game where I correctly assumed it was going to come down to which team had the football last. I don't care what you think about the overtime rules, and yes, they have to be changed. And I don't care what you think about the ridiculous lack of defense that occurred in the final four possessions of the game. Because... These both teams played pretty decent defense throughout this game. Yes, Josh Allen hit that deep pass to Gabriel Davis. But for the most part, the defense has really played well. It took long, sustained drives in order for these teams to score early on in this football game. The Bills had a seven-minute drive. The Chiefs with a six-minute drive. The the Chiefs with another seven-minute drive. So... It took a while until the end of the game. The Bills score on a seven-minute drive to take a 29-26 lead with a minute 54 on the clock. 
And if you're thinking that's too much time to give Patrick Mahomes, minute 54 is a lifetime. Yeah, it was. But I did not expect Tyreek Hill to catch a pass and just run 60 yards for the go-ahead touchdown. That was crushing to my soul. But then Josh Allen defied the odds, took the football with a minute left, and converted every time they had to convert. Marched down the field and hit Gabriel Davis with the go-ahead touchdown to make it 36-33. And with a three-point lead and 13 seconds left on the clock, Sean McDermott made the worst coaching decision of his career. And Bill's special team coach, Heath Farwell, made the worst coaching decision of his career. There is no excuse for Tyler Bass kicking the football through the end zone for a touchback. There's 13 seconds left on the clock. A touchback puts the football on the 25-yard line. You have to guard about, let's say, in order for them to get into realistic field goal range, you know, they eventually got to what, like the you know 30-somewhat, 40-yard line. Let's say you want to defend the 40, or you want to defend the 35-yard line realistically. So we're talking about 15, we're talking about 30, 40 yards or so. I just don't understand how you allow your kicker to kick the football through the back of the end zone. With 13 seconds left, Patrick Mahomes completed one pass to Tyreek Hill for 19 yards. That was easy because the Bills were playing soft off coverage. They call a timeout. And then the 25-yard completion to Travis Kelsey. Just unbelievable. Setting up Harrison Butker from 49 yards to tie the game. When Kelsey caught that football, there was three seconds left on the clock and the Chiefs were able to call a timeout. If you squib kick, just kick the ball on the ground, let it bounce up the middle of the field. Yes, you are giving up yardage. I understand that. But in that moment, you are playing with the clock. The clock is your friend. It's time versus yardage. You will sacrifice yardage in order to lose time. That's what you were doing defensively, right? When you were playing the soft off coverage of 
tra- allowing Tyreek Hill to catch the football for 19 yards, it's because you were sacrificing those 20 yards for the time that the play would take off the clock. If you don't kick the football into the end zone for a touchback, if you force the Chiefs to pick the football up off the ground, you will at least burn two seconds. Probably more. Because what the Chiefs player could do is give himself up. You know, field the ball and take a knee or, you know, fall on the ground and give himself up. That would be the smart thing for a Chiefs special team player to do. Now, we've seen eight out of ten times the player is not going to make that smart decision. But at worst, if the player does make that heads-up smart decision to give themselves up after fielding the squib kick, since the clock starts as soon as the player touches the football, there's about two seconds that will get burned off the clock. Again, Kelsey caught the ball with three seconds left. Plus, you never know what plays out if the Chiefs are just a little bit more pressed for time. However, let's play out the scenario that likely would have happened. A Chiefs player fields the football and then runs for about four seconds or so. Gets tackled or gives themselves up. Doesn't exactly just fall down on the football right away. We're talking about three, four seconds off the clock, not just two. Odds are the Chiefs don't have time to get it into field goal range and call a timeout. Every second counts. All you needed to burn was three seconds off the clock because obviously the Chiefs had three seconds left when they kicked the field goal. You would have forced them into a Hail Mary situation. One completion, Hail Mary situation. The other thing you can do defensively Just tackle every receiver. Just grab a hold of every receiver. On that play in which Travis Kelsey caught the football for 25 yards, there's no excuse for having him catch that football. Even after you make the boneheaded decision to kick it through the end zone, all you had to do if you are a defender is hold him. Hold him. The football is snapped at the line at the line of scrimmage. Travis Kelsey runs. Grab him. Hold him. Because who cares about a five-yard penalty and an automatic first down? The clock is your best friend. If you don't allow Kelsey to catch that football, time goes off the clock, and you force the Chiefs into a Hail Mary situation instead of a game-tying field goal. And as soon as that game goes to overtime, both of those defenses were absolutely shot. You knew that whoever won the coin toss was going to go right down the field and score a touchdown. I knew as soon as the Chiefs won the toss, the game was over. Absolutely ridiculous to allow that happen. Absolutely ridiculous. So even after kicking off and and kicking it out of the end zone, which is the dumbest decision that you could have made. 
you still had an opportunity on defense with 13 seconds left to not allow the Chiefs to get into field goal range. And what you should have done was purposely held the receivers, taken the holding penalty, and letting the time go off the clock. If I was Sean McDermott, I would have told all my cornerbacks to tackle every wide receiver at the line of scrimmage. Five-yard penalty. They lose a couple of seconds because there's nobody open, so Mahomes is going to have to throw the football away. And guess what? Hail Mary time. Bills win the game. It's a disgrace that they lost that football game. But now, we at least know who's going to play on Championship Sunday. Let's get to that next here on VSIN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, my Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. And all this bitterness aside from a losing Bills better, um, let's just acknowledge how incredible this weekend was. This was the greatest weekend of football, I think we can agree, that we've ever experienced. All four divisional round games were decided on the final play of the game. The Bengals with a game-winning field goal over the Titans. The 49ers with a game-winning field goal over the Packers. The Rams with a game-winning field goal over the Bucks, 
and the Chiefs with the touchdown in overtime over the Bills. And yes, the overtime rules need to be adjusted. And it's a simple fix, in my opinion. It's not adopting college overtime or you know playing an extra whole quarter or whatnot. I just think that each team should possess the football. So if you already say that each team gets a chance unless the team that gets the kickoff scores a touchdown. Like if they score a field goal, you allow the other team to get the ball. So just allow them to get the ball no matter what happens. Even if they allow a touchdown, just allow them to get the football. Just like you would if they kick the field goal and they get a chance to match. That's it. And then you go sudden death after that, just like you would if it was a field goal exchanged between both sides. Just because it's a touchdown exchange between both sides, that's it. Shouldn't change anything. And it actually would add a little intrigue into what you decide to do if you win the coin toss. Do you take the football and try and score that touchdown, put the pressure on the other team? Or do you go on defense first and say, I at least like college, like I want to know what I have to get. Do I have to get a field goal to win or do I have to get a touchdown to tie or win? I think it's very interesting the way that that would play out, but that's what I would do is just say each team has a chance to possess the football. Uh, But but think about all the crazy scenarios we had to have happen in order for um, the results to play out in the way that they did. I mean, it started with the Bengals and the Titans where Ryan Tannehill throws an interception that leads to the game-winning field goal for the Bengals. The 49ers got a punt block touchdown. A punt block touchdown. And then forced the Packers to punt the football and then got their game-winning kick. The Rams... Fumble the football away, allowing Tom Brady to throw a touchdown pass, and the Bucks come back from 27-3 down to win to tie the game after a fourth and short Leonard Fournette run breaks for a touchdown. With 42 seconds left to then have Matt Stafford throw a ridiculous pass to Cooper Cup to set up the game-winning field goal for Matt Gay. And then the back-and-forth closing minute of the Bills-Chiefs game to have it go into overtime and have the Chiefs win. What a weekend of football. And so now we know Championship Sunday is set. The Bengals will face the Chiefs in Kansas City, where the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite in that game. And I'll be honest with you, and I haven't dove into this game yet. I haven't dove into anything yet. I'm still, again, like I said, it's going to take me a while to get over this Bills loss especially considering I had plus three and a half and the game goes into overtime. I mean, the amount of times this year that a dog has lost in overtime, 
by you know the the plus three and a half, plus four, plus five, and they lose with that touchdown is just sickening. It happened so many times this year, and I know the spread wasn't three and a half, but I bought the point to make it three and a half. <sighs> anyway, the Bengals are the nice, the best story of the teams left in this playoffs. They're like the little engine that could. They're the team that no one's talking about. It's them against the world. It's second-year quarterback Joe Burrow, who's really in, in it's like his first full year because he was hurt last year. Zach Taylor, the, the, the hotshot coordinator, come become head coach. It's Jamar Chase, the rookie. You know, it's, it's everything going with that team. You know, like I said, they're like the little engine that could here. And boy, what a story it would be if Zach Taylor <clears throat> gets past the Chiefs and the Rams get to the Super Bowl and you got Sean McVay against his his protege in Zach Taylor. And you got two of the youngest head coaches in the NFL, 38 and 37 years old, coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. Man, what a story it would be. But I do believe this is where... <laughs> Cinderella and the uh, the carriage turns back into a pumpkin. The story is going to end here for the Bengals, going to Arrowhead to face off against this Chiefs machine. And, and and say what you will about maybe a come down from this win. This Chiefs team is a dynasty and they become I think they're the first team to host the AFC championship game four times in a row I believe that's the case that they are the first team yeah Chiefs record setting fourth straight year they're the first time in NFL history that a the uh, the AFC t- championship hosted for four straight years. I mean, that's amazing. That really is amazing. Hosting four straight games. Um. Do you know who the only? Do you know in the NFC there was only one team to host three straight? Conference title games. And that was Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. You think about the Hall of Fame career that Andy Reid has had. Uh, I mean, look, that his Eagles team was the first team. They hosted the NFC Championship game for three straight years. And now his Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game for a fourth straight season. I just believe that this is where, like I said, the Cinderella story ends and the Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl and continue this dynastic run. In the NFC, it's round three. Rams and 49ers. We all remember what happened the final game of the regular season. 
where the Rams took a 17-0 lead and were up 17-3 at the half. And it was the first time that Sean McVay had lost a game, I believe, when leading at the half. 45 and 0. 45 and 0. The Rams were under Sean McVay when leading at the half. That record streak, or not a record, but that, yeah, it was the second longest in NFL history. That streak, though, snapped by the 49ers on the final game of the regular season. That's the only reason why the 49ers even got into the playoffs was because of that game. And now these two teams will face off at SoFi Stadium for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Also at SoFi Stadium. The Rams looking to do what the Bucks did last year. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com, leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make your plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Uh, it's hilarious that um, the same Chiefs fans who complained about the overtime rules in 2018 when they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots are the ones defending the overtime rules here with a win over the Bills saying, hey, all you got to do is play defense, right? It's a part of the game. Defense and special teams are a part of the game. It's not It's not our fault that, you know, you allowed us to go down the field and score a touchdown. Yet, three years ago, it's, it's not fair Mahomes doesn't get to touch the football. <laughs> it's funny uh, how that thing, how it all goes down. But I agree. I mean, I, I thought back then it was a joke. I, I've always thought it was a joke. The overtime rule needs to change. It's as simple as that. And and I'm not talking about going to college and each team getting a possession from the 25 or whatever. No, just all you got to do is just say that each team gets the football. That's it. You already have the rules in place. If a team kicks a field goal or doesn't score, the other team gets the football and they could either tie them and extend the game or win the game. It's as simple as that. Just Ignore the whole touchdown wins the game thing. And just say, team one gets the football. Whatever happens, they give the ball to the other team, kick off or punt, and the other team has a chance to match or lose or win. Simple as that. 
Quick fix. The uh, championship games are set. Championship Sunday, Bengals at the Chiefs. Chiefs are laying seven points, total of 53 and a half. And then the 49ers, Rams. Rams are laying three at home with a total of 46 and a half. In the final game of the regular season, where the 49ers came from behind to defeat the Rams, the Rams were a three-point favorite, and the total was 46 and a half. So it's the exact same numbers as it was in the final game of the regular season this year at SoFi Stadium. Earlier on VSIN, our very own Mike Palm here at Circa talked about the spreads for these games and where he could possibly see some movement. Yeah, Mike, let's go to the AFC matchup, Cincinnati, Kansas City. Uh, full sevens, including, of course, at your shop with a total of 53. We were talking about this. Uh, MGM in New Jersey has seven and a half, but where do you expect this to end up? My initial thought would be Sharps taking seven in public uh, hand over fist on Kansas City. Yeah, it's a tough number to come off of. I don't see it going down. Um, it, it's interesting because I think had Buffalo held on to win the game, they might have been more than seven in Buffalo due to the weather. Uh, that they would have had a play in. Um, that's just my perspective on it. I thought they might have opened a half point higher if the game was in Buffalo, even though there's a three seed versus a two seed there. I see this game at seven. Um, I, I don't think it really gets off seven. Uh, you might have to lay juice on the seven, but I don't see the number coming off. I think the, the NFC championship game, you might get some more movement than, than the AFC championship game. Well, walk us through that one, too, really quickly before your thoughts on both of them because uh, we saw this open up four. We're at three and a half juiced uh, to the dog side here with a total of 46 and a half. Does this continue to go to San Francisco? Yeah, I think it will. I think it will get to a solid three, right? You can lay, lay the three and a half, take the three and a half and pay the juice, lay the three, pay the juice. I think it will get to the point where, it, it, you know, if you're gonna if you're going to take the three, you're going to lay the juice. I think the number will be a solid three, and I think the, I don't think it gets to two and a half. But look, they've really, really dominated the Rams in the series. Remember the first game in San Francisco? Interesting that they were three-and-a-half-point dogs in both games. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the first game in San Francisco? They ran 27 first-down plays, the 49ers did. 25 of them are rushing plays. I mean, they just kept the ball on the ground and dominated. And now, as a Rams fan, don't you have to be a little bit scared of the fact that you had this team put away uh, in, in Week 18? They shouldn't even have been in the playoffs, but you let them back in? And now you're going to have to beat them to stay at home and play in the Super Bowl. So it's very interesting. I know there's a lot of love for the 49ers right now uh, because of what they've done going on the road and, and winning twice. And McVay seems to, you know, really take his foot off the gas at times. What he was really doing there at the end of the half, Arians clearly didn't want the ball back. He had two timeouts and he wasn't using them. They were discombobulated. Brady just thrown, just thrown an interception. He played it so cute just to like try to, you know, either have a field goal or a touchdown right at the end. If he really would have put his foot on their throat, I think he could have ended the game right there. Game right there. Game right. That was Mike Palm earlier here on VSIN talking about these games, and the Rams are down to three. It is minus 120, though, at the three, and the under 46.5 is minus 115 up on DraftKings. So those are your opening odds right now uh, if you're taking a look at where we are with the odds for this game. If you're looking at, um, let's see, other places um, for the 
Hmm. Well, I'm trying to see if I can get some updated odds. But anyway, or just see other books. But this is where we are right now with uh, with the games for um, this championship Sunday. We have the... Oh, here we go. Let's see. Updated. Sevens across the board. Nothing. I don't see anything off a of seven. Three and a half. You can still get the 49ers at three and a half a couple of places. Uh, here at Circa, three and a half. Um, it's actually uh, three and a half at the Westgate. Three and a half at the South Point. Three and a half at WinBet. Uh, DraftKings has it down to three. And Caesars has it down to three. So that's where we are looking right now for this for the spread between the 49ers and the Rams. And yeah, I mean, look at the this is it's the exact line that we had in the last time these two teams played. And you better believe that Sean McVay is looking at the game film. But Mike Palm brings up an interesting point, and that is the first time these two teams played. That was in San, Santa Clara, and the 49ers just dominated a 31 to 10 win over the Rams. And in that game, there was Rams really had nothing going on. So Stafford throws an interception on the opening drive, right? And then the 49ers score a touchdown. Well, what happens on the next drive? Stafford picks six. It's 14-0 before you can even blink. Then they march down the field and score a touchdown. It's 14-7. Then... It's a 21-7 game at the half after the Rams went for it uh, on a field goal and um, they didn't get the fake or the bot snap, Johnny Hecker, with a pass. Nothing going in the second half at all for the Rams. 49ers win 31-10. In the second matchup, last game of the season, Everything going right for the Rams. They're on this streak. They're clinching the division. They're going to have a home game in the divisional round. They have a chance to increase their seeding and a chance to knock the 49ers out of playoff contention. They take a field goal in the opening drive. Then they take a 10-0 lead. Then they take a 17-0 lead. They even force Jimmy G to throw an interception. And at 17 nothing, had the football with a chance to do some more damage. They wind up punting. San Francisco gets a field goal to end the half. It's now 17-3. San Francisco with a touchdown on the first possession. It's 17-10. Rams go three and out. 49ers tie the game. Matt Stafford throws an interception. Then, well, Rams actually took a lead 24-17 before allowing the 49ers to score and tie the game with about 26 seconds left. We all know how that played out with uh, the touch, uh, the field goal in overtime, and then the Matt Stafford interception in overtime, and the 49ers hold on to win. That was the uh, Juwan Jennings had the big game there for the 49ers. Well, he had the two touchdowns, but the one none bigger than the one to tie the game late in the game. So... Look, the Rams have a unique opportunity here. It's an opportunity that the Bucs didn't have last year. You see, the Bucs were able to host the Super Bowl, and they became the first team to win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The Rams can do that. But the Bucs last year had to go on the road 
for the NFC Championship game. The Rams have this rare opportunity where they will be at home for the NFC Championship game, and then if they win, will stay at home for the Super Bowl. That is such an advantage for them. One that I wonder if they're going to be able to take advantage of. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zin Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to Zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Kansas City Chiefs have joined the 1990 Bills as the first team or the next team to score 40 points or more in back-to-back playoff games. They scored 42 against the Steelers and 42 here against the Buffalo Bills. And if you would have probably guessed or would guess what their team total would be against the Cincinnati Bengals with being a seven-point favorite and the total around 53, 53 and a half, you have to believe that they would have a 27 or so point team total, 28 and a half point team total. 
So let's say if they score 30 to 23, right? That is your 53 points and your seven point cover. So maybe you would make the Chiefs team total 29 and a half. They've scored 40 or more in now back to back playoff games. So the odds are that they're going to get over 30 against the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, if you just look at the way that the Bengals have played, with the exception of last week's game against the Titans, you know, they've been in some relatively high-scoring games. They scored 26 against the Raiders. The last time they played the Chiefs, they scored 31, 34. Remember, this is a this is a game that we saw earlier this season, and it's not that long ago. This was the second-to-last game of the regular season where the Chiefs were on an absolute roll, but yet so were the Bengals. So the Bengals win 34-31 against the Chiefs, a game that had the Chiefs as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Cincinnati with a total of 51. Now the game is at Arrowhead, and it's a seven-point line and a total of 53-and-a-half. Does that seven make sense? Well, let's think about it. If they were three-and-a-half-point favorites in Cincinnati, on a neutral site, you'd probably take away, because home field's not worth three anymore in the NFL. It is in certain stadiums. Like Arrowhead is a very good home field advantage. You might get the book to give you two, two-and-a-half points because of Arrowhead. Uh, Paul Brown Stadium, maybe not so much. So let's say three-and-a-half in Cincinnati means they were five-point favorites, four-and-a-half-point favorites on a neutral field, and now give two-and-a-half for Arrowhead, you're looking at, yeah, like a seven-point line. The seven points to me is pretty accurate, and I think if you can get a six-and-a-half, if this thing moves in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, that's got to be the move here is to buy in on the Chiefs. Once again, I think this Cinderella run is coming to a close here for Cincinnati. But let's just look at this game from the last time these two teams played, okay? The Chiefs actually had a 14-0 lead over Cincinnati until Jamar Chase had a 72-yard catch and run for a touchdown. Then Kansas City responded to take a 21-7 lead before Jamar Chase once again caught a touchdown and it was 21-14. The Chiefs then responded with another touchdown before allowing the Bengals to get a field goal at the end of the half. This was a 28-17 game at the half. Think about that for a minute. The Kansas City Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half of this football game. They had one, two, three, four, five, six possessions. The final possession, they got the football with 30 seconds left and couldn't do anything. But they had, so let's say they had five possessions. They had four touchdowns on five possessions in the first half. The second half is where the possessions were limited, but things just didn't work out for them. Um, 
The Bengals get the football to start the second half. They score a touchdown. 28-17 becomes 28-24. The Bengals, the, the two teams then exchange punts. Then, then uh, Kansas City punts again. And the Bengals score a touchdown to make it a 31-28 game. And Cincinnati takes a three-point lead. Kansas City ties it with a field goal. And then a 15-play. This was where, I mean, this was just incredible. The Bengals got the football with six minutes left in regulation. And the Chiefs never saw the football again. That is how they won this game. They marched down the field. They methodically moved the football and didn't allow Kansas City to get the ball back. And they milked the clock. Remember, Brandon Allen had to come in because Joe Burrow got a little bit banged up. He took the knees, and the Bengals kicked the field goal with no time left to win the game. 34-31, a game where Kansas City, if I would have told you that the Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half, you would not believe that they lost the football game. So now we have two championship games that are rematches of games that we saw during the regular season for the Chiefs and the Bengals. It's just a rematch of the game that we had second to last week of the season for the 49ers and the Rams. It's round three between two division rivals, games that the 49ers swept during the regular season. We saw the Rams earlier in the playoffs play a round three against a division rival. That was against the Cardinals, and they absolutely dominated them. They dominated the Cardinals. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to dominate the 49ers, but it's pretty obvious that Sean McVay and his coaching staff made adjustments from everything that they saw on film studying the prior two games against Arizona, one in which they lost earlier in the season and then one in which they won towards the latter part of the season. They took that information and they came out with a much better game plan. They executed and they dominated. How will they now take what they have learned from the first two times that they played the 49ers this year and translate that into success here in round three. I think the biggest factor, and it's obvious if you just look at the, the, games, the game results, the biggest factor is going to be the play of Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford has been absolute money this postseason. He has been so tremendous in these games against Arizona. 13 of 17, 202 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Against Tampa Bay, 
28 of 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. And a huge reason for success as well, sacked just one time against Arizona, sacked two times against Tampa Bay. In that game against the 49ers, not only did um, he throw two interceptions, but he was sacked five times. If the offensive line holds up and Stafford does not turn the football over, the Rams will win this game and they will cover this spread. He is the X factor. And the offensive line is the X factor. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.